Hello, welcome to the Beautiful Podcast, the podcast where three friends are stupid professional footballers dash to wish children when all three of us discover to have their say on the Premier League. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about God, a resurgent Manchester United, which was pain to me. It hurts me dearly. But we thought that uh, if we're going to talk about this this outward blue success from Man United, we'll get we'll get the OG. Original, original, original <laughs> member. Yeah, we'll get him back. Yeah, we'll we'll yes. bring back the band. Yeah, uh, Darren. You are too kind about OG, bro. I'm you are OG. 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 <laughs> Episode <laughs> one, fam. All right, um, boy. Thanks, in it. Um, you guys have been holding it down, doing really, really well. So, sorry about my long-term absence and that, but I'm really glad to get going. Living in Manchester, doing them things there. He's he's right at he's right in me. So he, he feels the atmosphere, you know. Where these these London-based fans, you know, they, they just don't feel anything. They are just glory hunters, you know. That's that's, listen, that's what that listen, is. Listen, I'm 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 forever a London-based United. You know, okay, then you, then even... then you're a glory hunter. That, that's fair. That's the, if you yeah. want to say, it, <laughs> I, I didn't say. For the last it. seven years, for the last seven years, it's tight, bro. No glory mm. to. To, to hang on to. Nigeria, yeah. you were born in ninety. You were born in ninety three, East London. Like that should that should have been that should have been a Western, at least an Arsenal. But now you decided to go all the way to Manchester. That that I don't know why. I don't know why. People, but people support maybe teams something to do with trophies. Collective, people support teams collective to their families. I don't know what you're talking about still. Um, I don't know, man. Don't, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't put all your frustration on your team. Glory, 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 Three Premier League titles. I was happy. I was happy as a child. It's the adulthood that that, that kind of got ruined. Um, <laughs> Joe, we are joined obviously by the ever present coach. Coach, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm happy to have the OG squad back, man. Yeah, exactly, days, exactly. We sat right here, and I did this on purpose, right here at this spot with the little table that's sitting right there, right now, with that little circle with, microphone with the titty microphones. <laughs> Listen, we've come far, fam. We're here now. Man's are doing Zoom, you know, YouTube. Hey. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> Not hard to do zoom at all, it's just pretty much click a button, but okay, fair we come far. We come far. It. It's it. visuals. There we go. We got some visuals down. That, that's that's the most important. Uh where shall we start? Shall we start with yesterday? Bit of a bit of a downer. But uh two two, last minute in Fergie time no less. Obafemi's uh sneaked. Not sneak, I think they, they played they played you off the park in the second half, especially when Pogba and uh what when Pogba went off. Fernandez. Uh do you well. know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Uh, not to cut you, but I need to dead the narrative from the jump. They were the better team in that game. Um, the whole game. Ralph Hassan's Wolves, Southampton's probably the best coached team outside of the top six. Like they came with that press so ferociously, and our best, allegedly most press resistant players, including Pogba and Fernandez, couldn't handle it. Um, they both dropped three out of ten for me personally. Um, on top of that, really, um, it was a different test for Man United because this was the first team since Project Restart that really came to Man United and was like, right then, we're going to come at you. Can you handle it? And realistically, we showed not really. 
not really as a defence we're struggling to play out of the back um, we didn't really adapt because we kept trying to play um, and we're being pressed so much through the middle that we had to then use our full backs to create the play um, which is difficult because one Wolverhack is known for his defensive prowess and the other one is Luke Shaw who's neither here nor there um, but to be completely honest with you, um, it's still in main out hands. Um, they still have the easiest running out of the rest of the top, or the rest of those who are challenging for the top six. We can get four, sorry, and you can get there um, realistically. So it, it's a, it's not a great result, but it's not a bad result. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the blame has been again showered on the manager, which sometimes I always say you you have to. To give players accountability also. Like you said, Pogba and Bruno, who, since the restart, and even uh, Bruno when he first joined, they've had good form and um, they've helped us win games quite comfortably since they've been back. Um, I think we're one of the teams, I think, that had uh, one games by three, uh, three or more goals in a row in the net for three games or so. So you hit form. And you're all going to have off days, but what the, the people not seem to realise is that all three of the midfield had off days. Three midfield. And... Um, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I would say their best midfielder this season, Hoiberg, was not even there. And Romeu and uh, Wood Prowse completely embarrassed the team, they humbled the team. And um, you can see that the from minute one, when Pogba was dis, um, dispossessed and then they, they scored, you could see he was rattled. You could see he was rattled, you know, you could see that he wasn't used to this sort of pressure, which is weird because you're a top player, you've played in. Huge occasions. So, what happened in that moment for me to be so rattled? Um, I think it's. I think it's more to do with Southampton's organisation of the press. Um, yeah. They set a lot of traps for uh, the players that they knew were going to get the ball a lot, so that when they did lose it, they lost in quite dangerous positions. Mm. Um, and that goes down to how well coached that, that team is, really. Um, I do have one criticism with the manager. I do think he could have been a little bit more adaptable with the system. I think when they came two and up, it should be like, right, what we're going to do now is going to force them back by just playing it into the channels and forcing them back with their place of the front three um, so that they could not press so high up on, on the pitch. Well, um, he didn't do his homework, did he? he yeah, that's, that's, that's what it looked like. It looked like, it looked like made out for, well, Man for man, we've got better players, so we're just going to beat them with the firepower that we've got. Um, but that's not how you win really important games. Sometimes yeah. it's to nullify the opposition, um, even though, uh, for those who know my views of football, even though I can't stand the guy, the radio was fantastic at that. Um, yeah. Namely, I remember the Europa League final against Ajax, where... I, I probably could have gone toe to toe, but they're like, no, we're not even going to do that. We're going to just take the W youngest way possible. I think that level of street smarts is kind of what um, Solskjaer and his very inexperienced, very young coaching team lack. Well, you know, um, what they did, what he says, Safata did very well was adapt and. Yeah, the way they changed this, they changed ever so slightly, but it was a small changes because they're a team that's controlled the game. And we always say United that's play teams that are open, but they didn't leave themselves so open. It was still structured, but they made sure they had control of the game. They made sure they had control of the board. They nullified Pogba and Bruno. You can't have a threat from midfield. 
Um, and it was a lot of focus again on the left, just like we used to be a couple of years ago, always on the left side, um, whether it was uh, Memphis Depay or now it's Rashford or it's Martial, it was always coming from the left, always interchanging. And we were praising that because they were making chances, but at the same time, you also have to have a threat from the right, but then they were also nullifying Greenwood. And like Darren said, Wan-Bissaka still going forward is very, very um, iffy. He's not, he's not at the level where you want him to be at. I thought he done it right yesterday. No, he wasn't bad. Yeah. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't. He, he's not uh, an outlet that you want from the right side like that yet. He hasn't got the um, the creativity that you want from him just yet. You know, it's still developing. But he wasn't a bad player in the game. It's just when I you're going to attack. What he, and you... what he does best is give you an extra, an, attack, an extra attacking option. He, he allows you to to play through the middle because he just opens up that left that right hand side, yeah. the left hand side of their their defense, and it just. It distracts their defense. I think that's what he does best, and that's what he. Yeah. I think he should focus on because I don't think he's ever gonna be. Oh, no. That's the problem. Everybody not, expects him to be at the level of Trent when it comes but, to uh, assisting. To be fair, but he's, because, got, he's got a fair few assists this season. Though. He's got a fair few. Yeah, yeah. So, because uh, the midfields, because the midfield was so nullified, that that thing that he does didn't work, and that's where I I say Ole should do your homework, or at least you should be also adapt as well. Like Darren saying that you know. In-game management, we've said it a lot of times on this podcast, is just not, it's not great. Um, I, I don't really go to him for substitutes because we've spoken about lack of depth for years anyway. Like, he hasn't had balance, he hasn't had anything like that. Now the first 11's got balance, but I don't feel the bench is still strong enough, so we have to improve in that aspect. So I don't get mad at that, but yeah, you know, you have to be able to adapt in games and you have to be able to tell your players, look, look at how they're moving. It's 2-1, they've changed it up, what can we do to counter this also? It's, it has to be it's going to be toe for toe because they don't sit back and let you come at them. They like to come at you, and they have they've got threats, credible, credible threats. I mean, so, speaking of uh, their midfield, obviously James Will Prowse got one of what if we if we go on our FM saves. In the group chat, the group chat, he would um, to celebrate with James W. Uh, yeah, got hey, got, 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 got in. It was jokes. Did come I on. did I not did I not on the save? do very, very well with him playing on the right side. Yeah, but when it comes to real life, I'm just saying, like, so, so, be upset, be just a tiny bit upset. There was just, I'm pretty sure hey. when you sent that message, there was a smile on your face, like, hey, let's go, let's go. Do you know what, it, do you know what the, the ultimate irony is? He left my, he left my yeah. team to go to my United, didn't he? Yeah, but but speaking of their midfield, uh, Romeo, I don't. Uh, should he have? Should he have stayed on? That, that's that's probably the big that's question. Red card all day long. No, red it's a red card. Long. It's a red card, and um, it's even more a red card when you take into account the Edinketia and the um, Tarkovsky challenges of the last few games back, um, which makes me wonder what is actually going on in Stockley Park. I know everybody's gonna roll their eyes because the last thing that football needs is more VAR chat. But um, the consistency is not there, and also that's a really nasty tackle. Like Greenwood is, like if his foot gets stuck in the grass, he's broke his leg, and his his career is even though he's gone off like a freight train. His career is barely started, so it's, it's a bit it's a bit naughty from Romeo, and um, there's no doubt that him being sent off would have changed the game as well. I mean, the the, the doubt. Well, I mean, if you go off what Matt Letitia said at halftime, which uh, obviously yeah, you you know he's he's, South, he's a Southampton former Southampton man, so he got biased there. Uh, 
would you agree with what he said that um, every time, if even if, when you look at it in slow motion, uh, the tackle looks ten times worse, and that if you look at the way Romeo was going, it looked like he was slowing down. Even though when I watched it in full motion, in slow motion, it didn't look, no, it looked no, like he slowed no. down. It's, that's, that's a load of that's a load of nonsense. That's a simple load of nonsense. You can see if in um, real time, you can see on the replay as well. The ball is gone. Darren um, said about the Eddie Ketia one. At least we can say about Eddie Ketia, the ball was there when he tried to make the challenge in the first place. Mm. The ball's long gone. You've taken two steps and then you've put your starts out and hit him on his ankle. That's a red card all day long. It's embarrassing that you you're sitting at VAR and you're watching that. And you cannot even determine that at the minimum, it's not even a yellow. That mm. is embarrassing. That is a shocking challenge all day long. What is the problem think, with guns right now? I think with um, Leticia's statement, you've got to remember the horse's mouth um, in this respect. And to be honest, his view doesn't really count for much um, when it comes to this tackle because, as you mentioned, the aforementioned bias. Now, we could, me and Michael could be um, accused of the exact same thing, being my United fans. But this is why I used the previous challenges as presidents to say, well, if those are reds and they weren't as bad, then where's the consistency in this one? Mm. Um, and to be honest, um, it's, I think the criteria for a red is um, serious and dangerous foul play. Stands up late. That, that fits the criteria. So mm. that, this isn't this isn't this isn't um United fan complaining because of my United fan to get decisions right. That's looking retrospectively on on what is put in front of us from from the rule makers and also what's happened previously. Um yeah he, he should be set off. So what is it with refereeing in this country? Because we see VR, VR in Europe. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't speak Italian, I don't speak Spanish, or I don't know what's going on in their media. But every off, every time we, we see these decisions being made, it's, it's always, it always fans the flames of, oh, we don't need VAR, etc., etc., etc. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm a clear fan of it, but I'm a fan of it being implemented correctly. And it just seems to be that in England, it doesn't get implemented correctly. I mean. Well, I mean the the uh, the ruling that I think is it Mike Riley's head of referees right, where he said no we're, we're not gonna we're gonna take the rule uh, we're not gonna allow the on-field ref to go see the monitor. I don't understand it because if he goes to see that monitor like uh, the referee in the Arsenal game did, in what looks like five seconds he made a decision like that. So I don't understand why the that all that rules changed because um, I think FIFA stepping in taking over um, VAR. VAR, there you go, got it out eventually uh, next season. But I what think, is it with English refs? Because it's not, it's not now that they're horrible. They've been horrible for a while. Well, they, they are, they're trying it. to, they're trying to um, run it their own sort of, all sort of, sort of way. I think Gary Neville said it in a, in a segment on Sky Sports that um, <clears throat> there's, they're trying to do it their own way and not try to be the, the European way, which is. If you're not sure in the truck, of course you then go straight to the camera yourself. Um, the yeah, camera yourself and you see your footage and you think if it's a red symbol, is that they're trying to restrain referees from doing that. That's why Arteta was baffled because I'm sure he's been told we will make the decision in the truck when we're there. We don't need to be free to go to the camera himself. It's very rare you see it over here, but that's the whole point of VAR. You know, if they're unsure in the truck, 
He went there and he saw it within two seconds. He stood there, saw the challenge, said, yeah, that's a red all day long. Went to Akiti a red card. He was assertive. That's what you like. That's what you want to see. That's what you want. Over here, there is such a try and do it our way sort of thing. And number one, <laughs> it puts the referees at a disadvantage more than ever because we already criticised them in the first page about VAR. So if you're now making decisions that are wrong again within VAR, you're in trouble. Secondly, the referees are also, it's not even um, independent bodies. They're also the same referees that go and do VAR in different games anyway. So that's why Mourinho was so trusty enough to say Mike, Oliver, Mike Oliver's name because he was um, VAR for two of his previous games. In one of them, he was a definite penalty when Kane got shoved. And then he was a referee for the, the derby. Obviously, they won that, but he didn't like the guy anyway. So if something went against him again, that's more reason to moan. They're just making life difficult more and more for referees. It should be simple. If they're not sure, you go to the camera yourself. Or even to just make it sure for everyone, why don't all of you just look at it if you're, if, just to make sure yourselves? And you go from there. It makes it easier for them. But, you know, regardless, we've seen some shocking, <laughs> shocking, shocking decisions. And even in Spain, it's not, it's not better. It's it's not better. I mean, I, we I've seen Casimiro win a penalty for completely air kicking the ball. There was no challenge made. He air kicked the ball that completely fell over. Referee went to watch it himself and said that's a penalty. Now we can say that's you know biased. We can say it's um it's rigged, but regardless, they're all shocking decisions. So what they can do to make it hit better here, my suggestion is everyone, this old referee and the people in the truck, go and watch the the footage for themselves. But then would that make it better? I don't know, because we still see some shocking decisions anyway. They get away with so much nonsense. Do you, like you think a lot of them need to be retrained? I think the thing with VAR is, VAR is only showing us what people can see on the TV sets. It's only, it's only replays. VAR mm -hmm. themselves are making the decisions. The same referees that have been inconsistent uh, throughout the last few years are making their decisions. They just have the benefit of being able to see it more than once. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a coincidence that no English referees were in the last major tournament. Um, I think realistically, we can all say there's probably one good referee in um, in, in the top mm. level, and she should get her flowers. Um, so. She's a lines. She's a lines person. That's 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 yeah. the thing, though. She, she even gets a, she gets a spot on without VAR. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, never, I don't know how long she's been she's been working at the Premier League and at that level, but I have never seen her get a decision wrong. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and to think to think should... Richard Keys and Andy Gray who ruined their career. <laughs> to think they, tried, that. they tried it. They tried it. Yeah. They never, really I've did. never seen her get a decision wrong, and I can't understand why they aren't allowing her to to ref a game. Maybe it's her, it's her decision. Maybe she doesn't want to. But if I was in power and, and seeing her being cons at a consistent level, consistently good, cons I say that, scratch that, consistently excellent at her job, mm. I would at least offer that, that promotion to, to, to manage a, to referee a big game. Yeah. It, it makes no sense that she's stuck on, a, on, on the wings. Um, but the others, retraining maybe, maybe demotion to the lower leagues. I don't know because... I don't know if there's any better referees at the, in the lower leagues that could potentially be better than the current court that we have. You, do you yeah, know what the issue the is thing. at the lower leagues? They they don't get VAR. Mm. So yeah, unless exactly. they've been trained. 
unless they've been trained to work with VAR, I don't know how they're going to come into this Premier League and say, you've got VAR, work with you. I, 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 it's appalling. I, I thought they would at least bring it down to the championship. I understand League One and League Two, the, the technology and all that maybe so on and so forth. But I thought at least in the championship we'd also implement it also. But they haven't they haven't looked to do it and they don't look like they're going to do it anytime soon. So There's no reason why it shouldn't be in the championship too. Um, there's absolutely no reason why they should have it in the championship. Mm. The, my only issue with this whole demoting to the lower leagues um, thing is in the era of COVID, where it's tight financially as it is, can clubs really rely on referees who are on the bad run of decision-making to then pass judgment on their teams when they're, they're barely making enough money to pay their staff because they can't have anybody at the stadiums. Um, I think, and the FA love this term, but I think they need to have a root and branch look at refereeing and really assess it so that next season they're, they're better than they are now because it's a real farce. Like it's, it's really not good enough. Again, for a country with the notoriety in terms of football that England have, to not have one member of their a footballing association as referees go to the last World Cup is a shock and diamond. Mm-hmm. It's like the moment Klettenberg took his ball and went home and went off to Saudi Arabia to get paydays, which is well within his right to, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the footballing FA in terms of the refereeing had nothing left. And we're relying on Sean Massey to, to keep getting offside calls right because everybody else around her is underperforming. And refereeing is a hard job. Like, um, the people are allowed to not have good days at work. Hell, we've all had them. But it's, it's, it's a level of consistency that doesn't really make sense, especially when there's a body of work that showed that things should have been a red card or things should have been a red card. Looking back at the, again, the Greenwood challenge and um, the Nketiah and Tarkovsky challenges, for example. Let's get back on to, uh, to the football, the, 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 the club. Um, it seemed like up until, up until that point, like you said, it wasn't a bad result, but everything was seem, seeming to click into place. What was that down to? Was that down to uh, Solskjaer getting it right tactically? Uh, his players coming back at the same, at, at, all of them play, coming back at, at a perfect time, or was it just form? Was it just uh, did everything seem to click? I think it's a bit of everything, really. I also think lockdown actually had a really good effect on my life because it allowed Rashford and um, Pogba to have a game fitness, uh, which then meant that they were able to train a little bit with the new side and some synergy with Fernandez. Um, and from that, they've been able to create lots of chances for the forward line. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I think, realistically, Leicester's form has helped because it's, it's carried on dangling the carrot for top four. If Leicester had come out of Project Restart on fire, then none of this really would be happening because there would be no catching them. We were 14 points behind them prior to lockdown. So now we're 11 points of goal difference and look in 
prime position to to get in top four. That doesn't happen without things around you going the right way. In terms of a more football inside, um, I mean, uh, it, the midfield isn't crap for the first time and for God knows how long. Um, the, the, it really helps having a good starting eleven. And may not do have a good starting eleven. It has holes, and Southampton uh, shouldn't rely on those holes. But Southampton, one of the few teams that could do it, because they're one of the few teams of such an organised pressing game. Um, yeah, to be honest, I think it is a mixture of the form of Greenwood, the form of Pogba and Fernandez, the form of Marshall and Rashford. It's that front five really, um, and the semi-resurgence of Matic as well. Um, but that that the front five slash six is really the reason why my head are where they are today. Because I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer always wanted to play football this way, but he didn't have the players that could do it, and now he does. Now it's a case of um, work outside of football in terms of the transfer window to make those changes. Because as yesterday showed, squad twenty four man squad isn't really good enough um, to sustain challenges. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, where we criticised him at first was of obviously moving um, in-game decisions aside. Um, his choice of starting lineup sometimes, you know, like for me, I used to say that you know Daniel James, starting him, you need teams to play a certain way, and if they don't play that way, he's not going to affect the game, and that's effectively them pushing onto you, so he has a lot of space and behind to run, because he's not a dribbler. He needs someone. He needs to get the ball knocked on so he can just run at speed and go. Um, <clears throat> Um, and I want players that are a bit more technical, a bit more um, high IQ within the game. So you see, Green was doing better in that position already. You can see, um, well, I feel like Mata, when Mata played with uh, Bruno Fernandes this season, they've linked up very well, especially Mata coming from the right side, despite him not being a right winger, but being able to at least know how to play the role. So, you know, now that he's got a strong 11, an 11 that he knows he can believe in and he can play in, that's where we've got the upturning form. Um, we've got a right back that knows how to defend. Um, Lindelof is good on his feet in the years where he's poor. You know, mm. um, he gets beaten way too easily in the year, far too many times. Um, Maguire can defend, but I don't feel like he knows his body enough. Seventy-five is, million. You know, he's such a hot and cold defender. He yeah, is such a hot and cold defender. Uh, and I feel like because because the 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 caliber of defenders are not as high as we had maybe in the 2000s. The, the, for me, the best age of having defenders because you had like good level defenders in every league for me, a couple of teams. Um, he's given a lot, a lot more of a higher pedestal, you know, um, about dribbling the ball out and passing, but I don't think he's really that good at it. I think he's quite average at it. I, I said to my friend today this morning on um, via text that I would look at him back then as the same way I look at Michael Keane now. So really, yeah, I'm talking about if he was playing times with like your Terry Rios, Souls, all those guys, I wouldn't put him up there at all whatsoever. Like, oh no, but that's like the golden era of British. But that's that's so. what I'm saying though. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about because he had also he had good defenders everywhere. You talk about Carvalho's. You can go to Sam Hoppier. You can go to you know what I mean. Like, Plus, are, if you if you go if you go for 75 million, there's a level. Expected right. of you, right? No, 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 no. But this is the thing. This is the thing. The value doesn't mean anything to anybody other than the selling club. The selling yeah, that's, club. That's, that's the, the point. The selling yeah. club. 
is the one who manipulates the value. Yeah, I so understand. I understand that. So he's, he's, he's only seventy. only seventy-five million pounds worth because Leicester have enough money not to be bullied in the transfer market by. Once, once um, again, I, I understand that. But if you look at Mbappe, if you look at Neymar going for those, if you look at Ronaldo, if you look at Bale, if you look at the standard of players that went that go for the big, uh, big, big bucks. There's a level of excellence you expect. Look at Van Dyke. He only went for like, I think, five million more or something like that. So he, he even what, even what, uh, Wan Bissaka, 50 million, I think that's a bargain considering how good defensively he is. I think that's a bargain. Yeah. I think with Harry Maguire, I don't think you, you, you've wasted, you, not wasted your money, but you haven't got exactly got value for money. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you that he's not, he's not worth 75 million, but. I think it's the harsh stick to beat Maguire with because it has nothing to do with the valuation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not his fault. He, he can't he can't determine what the club's value him at. But yeah, I I I I I don't really rate him too highly. But at the same time, I do acknowledge that he still made our defense better. He still he still done a very good job there. So it wasn't not, hard though. Last year your defense was shocking. It's not even last year only, bro. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while still. The only um, reason why people are starting to realize how bad Man United are defensively is because it's. Um, the gay's form is no longer otherworldly. Yeah. Let's speak about him because uh, I'd say yesterday he had probably one of the, his best games that he's had the past two years. I'd I say. think he could have caught the. I think he should have come out and caught the, the corner personally. I yeah, think, you know what? With, with the I corner. Think... Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but with the corner, yeah. I, 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 I have to, I have to go at Maguire and Lindelof for this one. I have to because. Maguire was in a prime position to be there. Obviously, it looks like Ole's mixed up the he's put down a mixture of uh, man marking and zonal marking. So, AWB, there's this there's this motion that people are saying that he was being bullied. He was goal side and he had him where he needed to be. Uh, I think that was Ben Narek. So he didn't need to, you know, he didn't need to go where where AWB was. Play your role. The ball's coming towards you. You clear that and it's done. Lindelof should have been goal side. It shouldn't have gone there regardless, but he should have been goal side. That's that's chief rule number one in any situation. You should have been goal side, mark your defender well, I mean, your opposition well, and make sure you can't get in front of you. Oh, but for me, his goal is too easy for him. Far too easy. But at the same yeah. time, I do know where Darren's going with this because United fans, and I think it's very spot on as well, for a while now, we have criticised the fact that De Gea's not commanding enough mm. at set pieces, at corners. He's, he's just not... He hasn't got that command. He doesn't go out for balls convincingly. And he tends to love to stay on his line a lot more. And that's a bit of his game that he needs to improve on, despite the fact that he's been here for a while now. But I'll let Darren explain think, that. I feel like he's going to go into it. I think, really, with the corner, the, um, the fault of Lindelof and Maguire is all there to see. Like Maguire is marking Roman Bissaka, and really, he should be there attacking the ball, challenging it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't get a chance to flick on top of, top of Femi. But how many times have you seen when the chips are down and it's a quality of position, a top, top quality keeper with the fundamentals are really, really high, like a Buffon, for example. And remember, we are talking about the Hayer, who arguably five, six years ago was spoken about as the best keeper in the land. Um, We've gone pick up the ball from the air. Oblak would definitely have gone to try and Absolutely. at least punch it clear. You know? I mean, if you look at Handanovic that... yesterday, though, against Torino, he, he tried that. Boy, <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, he's, he's definitely one of those top, top quality goalkeepers. And boy, he's, he's not an all-black, though. He's not an all-black, though. Not an all-black, but he's, he's up there. He's up yeah. there. Let's, let's, let's remember the, the circles that De Gea was talking about at his pump. It was him, 
Oblak and Neuer. Two of those three keepers are claiming that ball. They're taking people out to clear that ball at the very least. De Gea has consistently done this, where he's kind of half decided, oh, I'm not going to leave the six-yard box. I'm going to stay in my line and try and save it because he's a, he's a shot-stopping goalkeeper. Mm. That point in the game, you want your goalkeeper to clear everybody out, catch the ball, hold on to it, and boot it out as a referee calls for full time. That's what you want. Um, but I, I wonder how often and how much trust the centre-backs have in the hair actually coming and claiming the ball from the corner. Um, because I feel like if they did, and if he did it more often himself, that maybe yesterday's 2-2 doesn't happen. Maybe maybe we squeak away with a fantastic result as opposed to a, a not disastrous one. I don't think I don't think any of them trust each other. It's crazy. Even in, in these wins recently, anytime you see De Gea claimable, the first thing you do is he's screaming at these guys. Like there's no, I feel like it's not a trust there. Um, again, Maguire screaming at Luke Shaw again. Um, Luke Shaw, he does this every game. He's he's so like there've been there've been so many times since um Project Restart where it's actually picked up on the mic. Harry Maguire going to Luke Shaw, <laughs> effing wake up, wake Every up. Every effing time. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and these are grown men. <laughs> like, I know he's the captain and supposed to be ordering you about a bit. Mm. But to be told to switch on isn't isn't the same as being told, oh, go there, cover him, etc. Yeah. Um, and this is the issue for me. I think left back is definitely a position where um, strengthening would do us good because I, where Brandon Williams is actually right-footed, um, mm. and personally I prefer my left backs to be left-footed and my right backs to be right-footed to create natural overlaps, especially at a team of main night where they play inside forwards. Um, well, as good as Brandon Williams has been, um, I don't think he. I don't think he can push Luke Shaw to where he needs to be. I would personally rather we put hands up, realise Luke Shaw didn't work, get somebody in with a lot more experience, say like an Alaba, to help Brendan Williams. I don't really know how Luke Shaw can positively career. I'd say with Luke Shaw, maybe if he took some personal responsibility, because we, we'd known for a while now, he's, he's not exactly looked, he's not exactly been in, in top, uh, top tip top shape. We he's can't not say even any... overweight at the moment. He's not even overweight think, at the I, moment. I, I think he is. I think he's carrying, I think he's carrying a few, a few extra pounds. I, I personally do. I mean, we can't still, we, we, we all discover food. But, but if we're looking at, uh, <laughs> at him as a professional athlete, as a professional footballer, he looks overshaped. But that may be down to, I mean, the, the, even this season, is like Manchester United's, um, Medical staff aren't exactly the greatest. We see Lukaku who's before um, before he went to Inter, massively overweight. Goes to Inter, looks lean, looks looks fitter, looks in tip top condition. Scores, you, you know what Lukaku's doing. Inter, he's doing well. With Lucio, maybe it's about getting somebody personal in to be and decide because once okay. once the body's fit, the mind might the mind does wake up. To be fair to to my United staff, the team looks leaps and bounds fitter than they did 
under Mourinho. And this yeah. isn't me getting my... It's not just Mourinho, jab, it's under Solskjaer Antonio as well. Jab, it was before the, lockdown. The team, the, team does look, the team does look really fit. And the team showed how fit it looked in the Tottenham game. Because where Tottenham were going sort of like, they're slowly declining as the game went on. Maynard looked like they could go for another 20, 30 minutes. And it was the first game out of lockdown. So Maynard do look fit. And I don't think he's sure he's overweight. I think I don't it's think, a yeah, I agree. I, I think it's think a concentration he's... thing. I yeah. think it's always been a concentration thing, Luke Shaw. Yeah. I, I don't think, think every you don't have to be chiseled like Ronaldo to be a full, a fit footballer. I mean he's a I, mean, look, I agree with that, but there are other level I, I I me looking at him, he looks just a, it's not massive. But it's just he looks like he's carrying just a few extra pounds for me. I mean, considering what he looked like before, if you remember those pictures, nothing like that. But it's just a little extra, and I think that might help him. It might help him mentally, just switch on a bit more, you know. But, potentially, potentially. Um, my my big issue with him is that I feel like Brandon Williams is really betting him. That's where my worry is. This is what I mean. I don't see. I don't see what um, Luke Shaw really does that Brandon Williams doesn't. I think Brandon mm. Williams would would benefit from either more games time and Luke Shaw dropping down to number two left back or some a seasoned professional back in Alaba just in front of him showing him the ropes a little bit more because he's only yeah. twenty. Yeah. Um, because Luke Shaw Luke Shaw is nowhere near as intense as um Brandon Williams and intensity is really important as a fullback. He's nowhere near good as good going forward. And um, with a team of Maynard, where you have the ball roughly 60% of the time, that's really, pushing really it, but all right, then. Huh? It's a push in it, but all right, then. Oh, well, 60% of the time. Compared to, compared to the majority of the Premier League, Maynard are expected to keep the ball for longer than... Yeah, no, I agree. I do, most do, of the teams I just... outside of the top five. So, your your accuracy think, of the sixty percent—that—that's that, where—that's where my, my faith dwindles. You know? I'd, I'd say more more fifty-two than than sixty, but is okay. what it is. If 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 a measly eight percent possession stat is where you want to split hairs, as opposed <laughs> to my general point, then go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's he's right. He's right about Brandon Williams. Though. The thing is, I don't. It's it's funny when you watch Brandon Williams. You don't particularly worry about him. Like, uh, uh, defensively, unless when he gets clamped. Oh yeah! Yesterday he got yeah, well. Man. That that was that was brutal. That was brutal. But he he said he's he's really come out and said he's fine. So that's that's the main important thing that he's he's, he's recovering very well. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't worry about him. Every time you watched him since he's made his debut, defensively he's solid. Doesn't get beaten easily. Going forward, despite being right field on the left side, he possesses more of a threat. He he possesses a goal threat as well because he he came and scored against Sheffield United when we made the comeback earlier at their bread. Like. You look at him and you're like, Luke Shaw, we get it. The, the injury that he had was, it was it was a huge injury. Very, very um, huge injury. But you've come back. You've been in for a number of years now. You haven't had the niggling injuries that other players have had since that injury. Like, you haven't had it consistently. But they haven't seen any improvement from you. Like, at least, at least in your reading of the game, at the very least, we don't see that much improvement. Whereas with Brandon Williams has come through, he's 18 years old, and we're seeing a player that we look at, we look at him and say... I would prefer him to you. So, mm. me personally, I think, I don't know if Darren agrees, I, I, I would take the ruthless approach. See you later. I, I, I sympathise with the injuries. I sympathise 
with the fact that he hasn't been the same since that year when he was popping off with uh, the pounds. The two had a, a link up going. It was fantastic. I sympathize with that. But this is a club that wants to get back to challenging for titles consistently and winning them and then being competitive in Europe, in the Champions League, not in the Europa League. And if he's not a player that's up to that standard, see you later. You know what I mean? Uh, it is what it is at the end of the day. That, that's as simple as it has to be. It's let's, football. Uh, let's move further forward. Let's go to the midfield now. Let's start with the star man. Everybody's, who, who has his name's on everybody's list, Bruno Fernandes. What, what impact has he made to that United side? And try to keep it, no. Try, try, try keep it in like focused on him, not 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 bringing that. Oh to yeah, trust me. We, we, I mean, we're, we're gonna do it, but I'm just yeah, just trying we, to make a point. We don't we don't bring him up to bring other people down. But yeah, what we, <laughs> what, we yeah. what we uh what I will say is um because I, I I was a fan of him for a while now. Like I, I had Darren wasn't no was he? No, no Darren was concerned. Can I, can, I, can I quickly can I quickly clear this up? Go on, quickly go on. Before. So games like yesterday were exactly where I was. Um, <laughs> 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 exactly where oh, I was. man. You need to, somebody needs to throw a tomato in your face. That's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> man. But like I've said, like, as you guys know, because we speak all the time, like, and this is even before he even joined my night, I was like, mm, he's good. But can you imagine when you're trying to build up play and he takes shots from four yards? <laughs> it's just like his, his shot locations are, are are really bad, really really bad. Um, yeah, that's king. Load it up, bro. He um he I understand he's a high risk footballer, and that's how you break down teams that often sit back. And I understand that, and and he's good at that. But for me, if you're playing it midfield from United, irrespective of further up the pitch than others, you shouldn't really have a passing rate of around 70%. It should be 80 and upwards, really. And he always loses the ball. He always loses the ball. And he tries some unlikely, shall we say, Hollywood passes that don't really need to be made. Um, and he, he doesn't really strike me as that much of a patient player. That being said, yeah, boo. Yeah, that being said, he has transformed the team. He's, and there was no ifs or buts about it. Yeah, his what, what dynamism. Darren, what Darren's saying about his um, the risk taking. That's the one thing I knew about him. That I knew that it, it, it can be very hit or miss because if you come and he he does lots to just try and make the the impossible possible. That kind of saying. He does just try. Try and find this pass that he thinks, oh, you know, this will be crazy, but let me go for it anyway. That's why he's think that's why his pass success is so low. But it's the fact that when he pulls it off, it, it usually it does lead to a, a clear-cut chance. And that's what you want, you know. And also I feel like we were missing a player, even though Pogba can do it, but I felt like under Jose and a bit under Solskjaer as well, he was being sort of held back from taking those shots. It was more like play this way and don't do anything else. He's just someone that will just lick it off if he feels the opportunity is there to. There was one match where, I forgot what game it was, where he just shot awful one for us. Like it was just, it was literally like Johnny Wilkinson shots, just boom, everywhere, here, everywhere, you're going for the, you know. But I wasn't mad at that because, in, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if we lost, but I wasn't mad because we won and also the fact that at the end of the day, I just want, I like the fact that we've got someone that could shoot. It's similar, it's similar to the Arsenal thing when, 
you know, you had Riziki, but because Riziki was getting injured a lot, they didn't have a player from out, that would just hit from outside the box sometimes. The, the, the opportunity is there. Sometimes just go for it. It's not about making the, the perfect goal going for the pass. Sometimes just hit. So I am proud of that. But yeah, um, he, he has made us better. Um, I'm glad that he's linked up with Pogba comfortably. That's, that was the biggest worry for me because my one complaint for Pogba has been he hasn't played with the quality next to him in midfield for me enough to help. He needs two creators. I don't know if he's had that. Um, I'm glad that it's worked out with him. I'm glad that um, they've got a midfielder of him, Matish and Pogba working very well. Um, and this was his, well, I'll say his second poor game. There was one game, I think the game before actually, it was quite average. Um, before the, I don't the, think he's been, I don't think he's been as poor as he was yesterday. No, yesterday um, was shocking. Yesterday was shocking. It was, yeah. was a two, uh, it was a two out of ten. He was abysmal. Um, if I'm being completely blunt with it. Um, but he'll, he'll get away with that. He'll get away with that because all the focus is on Ole and Maguire. But if we're being brutally honest, and of course he got he got an assist because he just passed the ball to Marshall before Marshall won his mad no, one. No, 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 no. But they're gonna put it down in the records. I know. It? He, uh, he goes no, down. No, but it's not. It it's counts. not really an assist. It all counts. Listen, yeah. it all counts. Oh, it all counts. It all counts. But you know, that was more about Marshall's wonderful dribbling. Brilliant. Before he, yeah. He, yeah, he finished it wonderfully. So they'll look at that and say, well, he's contributed. But at the end of the day, if somebody's overall performance, it was an absolute shocker. But his whole tenure so far at United has been very good. Um, we, I would hope that in the next three games, he doesn't perform like this <laughs> again, because we, we need to get the points. But um, he's changed a lot and um, he's helped. Well, not helped, actually. I don't want to say helped. Pogba's always needed just someone extra to help him to yeah. get, do that. Um, I feel um, like Pogba doesn't feel like he needs to do everybody's job in midfield now that Bruno Fernandes is there. Thank you. Uh, I feel like Bruno Fernandes has said, right, I'm going to be the one who is going to make the passes in the final third. I'm going to be the one that is going to unlock the defence 30, 40 yards from the goal, um, which will allow Pogba to uh, play mate from slightly deeper. Um, and to be honest, he's been really good at that for my criticisms of Bruno Fernandes. He's been really good for me United. Uh, I wanted to make that abundantly clear before they come for me on the comments and I won't read them anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been really, really good for me now. Um, it's just, I wish that he would be more calculated with his risks. Um, because games like yesterday, you needed... This isn't just a slight on Fernandez. This is a slight on the entire midfield. You needed them to write, okay, we're putting our foot on the ball. We're keeping it for 20 minutes. We're keeping it for 10 minutes. Any time that Southampton got ahead of steam, it should have been right. We're disrupting the game. We're keeping the ball. We're knocking into the channels or we're making the game ugly for five, 10 minutes to kill the steam. And they didn't do that. Um, it showed a lack of game IQ in my in my opinion. Um but as I said, Bruno Fernandez largely has been really, really good for me now. Uh Paul Bill, the man that's benefited from his um I say Fernandez's ability and his he just attacks. He just attacks and that, that's something that, that Paul 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 Pope has benefited from I I think. Um where I mean, it's hard for for me, especially since I've been such a fan of him since he joined, especially last season, where he doesn't get the flowers it deserves because 
every when everything was going wrong, it was all down to him. Everything going right is all down to Oli. Now everything's going right again. It's all down to Fernandez. I don't think he gets the flowers that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, but why? Why is he? Why does he seem a bit freer now? Because because oh god, you do yeah, yeah because. Uh, you know what, when, pe- when people, I, I, I don't know how far to go, but you know when we bought it from Juventus, you know how you know how it is with fans, they saw the video of him um, controlling it from like 40 yards and lick one that's one to top Yeah, 35, bins. top bins. And yeah. they thought, they thought <laughs> we were getting some sort of super saiyan striker from midfield that just licks goals here and there and he must get 20 goals and assists from um, in every season, despite the fact that in Premier League history it's only been one player to ever do it. And... The only, person that, joined, Thank you the only much, person that joined him recently was Lionel Messi, and he only done it this season, despite everything he's achieved in football. So there's levels to that, first of all. That's first and foremost. And those kind of pressure is stupid anyway. But to, to the point, he's free up because, like Darren said earlier, he doesn't have to do everything anymore. It, it, it's very, as you both of you said, it doesn't, it's very, very simple. If you have a midfield where you have the ball and they don't um, help you I don't know, play triangles, you know, Pass and move. They move here, support, so you can do link-ups, one-twos, to make the game move quicker, to suddenly create the chances in behind. You're not, you're not going to enjoy your football because it's going to be impossible. You shouldn't be able to do everything. You shouldn't have to do everything in a team. No team in football that has been successful has had a player that's had to do absolutely everything by himself. That's as simple as it gets. So him now enjoying his football is because he's got another player that says i will create with you pogba's even said look i love playing from deep and watching the players in front of me do their thing is beautiful he said that word for word because he enjoys that and he also has the ability that bruno doesn't have this ability he has the ability to play those passes from so far deep that can create chances from in front of the keeper he's the one person that can do that so if you let him play his role and everyone else in front of him does their thing he's absolutely fine but he was held back from doing that. And people didn't want to see that. It's because it's Paul Pogba. We bought him for 95 million. He came back. Uh, yeah, we done the big reveal. And he said, I'm buck. And you have Pogba hashtags and all that. And you know, I called him. Stormzy was in the video and all that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we got, I mean, even yeah, despite, exactly. despite what you were saying, I mean, he still managed to get 16 goals and was 11 assists last season. I wasn't Listen, good enough, I'm, apparently. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. People that know Ball know that Pogba being slandered by the fans and the press ain't got nothing to do with Pogba the footballer. Mm-hmm. It's that Absolutely. simple. Absolutely. Pogba, Pogba, the Pogba slander has got nothing to do with Pogba the footballer. Absolutely. And I think Pogba has shown consistently how valuable and how good he is and how he is one of the best footballers on the planet. Mm-hmm. He has his faults like every footballer does but that for me is unquestionable. Um, so for me, it's nice to see Pogba happy. He does look happier at Man United. Yeah, it might be because there's no crowd at Man United. <laughs> me and Michael both know we went last season. We know how the fans talk about him. Boy. So maybe he's happier because they're not there. Was it was it last season if, when um he was standing near the, the tunnel and that those fans in that section were was it last season or season before when there was be waiting? It was, no, it was it was it was last season. Right? Yeah, and he last had to season, stand there and saying, take it, despite the saying, fact that he dominated. Saying, he sorry he sorry I was, I'm, I'm I'm rambling sorry uh, quickly just that like, he dominated everything despite uh, apart from goals top goal scorer because of course you expect your striker to score the most goals in the team, but he dominated everything else 
comfortably. Fouls won. Even tackles. He won more tackles than anyone in the team. So, so anyway, sorry, Dan, you go, because I'm about to get mad again. I'm sorry. It's, it's one of those ones where you look at the, tr- the perception of Herrera and the perception of Pogba and the way one person has left the club and the reasons why one person has left the club. And you compare it to the reason to why somebody said they were about to or wanted to leave. It's markedly different. Pogba, Pogba was, to be quite frank, his ambitions were not matched when he came to my life. He was obviously sold the project and that project didn't come to pass. And he said, look, man, if you ain't on this, I'm going to go around Madrid or Barcelona or Juve and collect my CV accolades like they should be. All he's ever worked for United is United to not be scrubs, to be honest. It's all he's wanted. But Herrera left United quite clearly and it's documented. He wanted more money and he wanted a greater importance in the team, despite his ability not really warranting either. Um, and yeah, if you go back to that clip, and you go back to the way the fans were talking about him last season, Herrera was the best thing since last spread. You were king. All about the shirt. But he's the one who left for money. No, Pogba's still here. There's, there's, um, a, there's, a, there's a beautiful theme to that as well, because when um, Alex Song, made it quite clear why he left Arsenal for Barcelona because he needed to make it sure that his money for the family, who made that they're financially secure. Uh, he, 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 he said with his chest, but other people, they don't say it, but you know why they're going, but you know, it's, you know, it's passion. Oh, Herrera, we're losing that, we're losing to now Man City and he spat on the floor and uh, coincidentally, the City badge was there. So that shows the passion for, for the shirt. And get the heck out of here with that nonsense, man. That, I, that's I, I don't, I, I don't want to degrade um, large swathes of possible listeners, but you know certain demographics and empty gest- and empty gestures. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, um, we we we're full of pleasure here for Pogba, but obviously he did uh, he did make that mistake, and that's 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 where I think we need to criticise him. Is those mistakes where he just dwindles on the ball far too long? He tries to. He plays the Hollywood pass, even though he can do it, he plays it far too often, similar to Bruno Fernandes. I think that's where, and he holds the ball for far too long, that's where you can criticise him. You can't criticise his commitment, because last season he was up and down the pitch more than any other player. He scored more goals than any other player in the team, made more assists than any other player, uh, more more uh, tackles than any other player. So you can't question his commitment to the club, especially when he's the, your best player. It doesn't make any sense. But what you can criticise is... He dwindles far too often, and he, the Hollywood passes are. He, he needs to, he needs to rain them down just a bit. He hasn't had a good game against Southampton since Southampton have faced Paul Pogba in Premier League, and I think that's to do with the way Paul Pogba is um, his weaknesses in Southampton strengths match up against each other really badly. Mm. Um, because as we said before, they're a really good pressing outfit and um, they set traps for him and, and they know that he's got the propensity to dawdle on the pool a bit. He's also confident in his ability to escape the press. I think sometimes he doesn't play the odds properly. He shouldn't be so confident to break the press 20 yards away from his own box. He should be more comfortable about, about breaking the press 20 yards away from their own box. That is a very big difference. Mm. Um, but, you know, as you said, the mistakes that 
that Pogba makes and the, the errors in this game are, are clear for people to see. Uh, but for me, that doesn't change that we've got an absolutely otherworldly player. Yesterday, yesterday's mistake. Um, <clears throat> I think the one thing he didn't really do was just really check up his shoulder properly to see where his player opposition was um, because he got caught too far too easily. Um, and like I said earlier, he was a bit rattled. And you could see that um, Sky Sports purposely zooming in his face a couple of times to see how rattled he you know was. How but, man moves, man. You know how oh yeah, man moves. oh yeah. But as soon as as soon as he played the ball in, which um, Gary Neville finally finally called it enough as speculative, despite the fact that he saw. Um, Marshall there and played did it he call it speculative? Yes, mm. he did. He called it speculative. Jeez, yeah. that was pinpoint. That's unbelievable. Straight to feet. Straight, straight to feet. You know, you know how their man moves. Mm. Straight you know to feet. But anyway, um, Gary Neville will be pulled up on his language on specific types of footballers in a couple of years' time, and he'll say that he will regret it, like everything else. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah. let's move forward to your attacking line, uh, where it seems like everything is clipped into place, especially with Greenwood's. Uh, um, what's the word? His 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 form. Um, Rashford twenty goal, twenty plus goals. Martial twenty plus goals. Uh, Greenwood's I think fifteen. Now it seems like you've got a front line that all all like to score and all know how to score. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm 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 happy. I'm happy to see how it's shining. Um, I'm glad. I'm especially gassed for Rashford, um, just particularly because I know he hasn't. He's he scored. I think three or four since he's been back. He hasn't been like. I mean, we know he's had a lot more chances to score more. But the fact is, before his injury and before lockdown, he was in top form anyway. So and the, the injury was a serious injury. It was a back injury at the end of the day. So the fact that he's been able to come back, and. Um, find a good level of form it was important for me um martial i said it at the end of the season and the podcast we did the first one of the season i said he's got his number nine back he is going to be the main striker now prove to everyone what you've been saying because we've 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 backed you pretty much throughout we've talked about the fact that he hit form under Mourinho, and then sanchez was brought in and we know some martial again um we spoke about the fact that he's been switched from left to middle left to middle uh, when Ibra came in, he wasn't in the team as much as he could be. Um, we, we've we've spoken about all of that. So now you're the, the main man, you're the striker. What can you give us? And he's getting his best goal return. Yeah, he's got 15 or 16 in the league now. One of the 16 two. 16 or 17 now. Yeah, because he scored. He scored yesterday. So that that puts um, one more onto his tally in the league. That's now 21 for the season. He's him and Marshall are uh, level. Um, and then Greenwood as well, who I didn't even realise until he started getting more game time that he had actually hit that many goals. It didn't, it didn't really uh, hit me until then. I was like, wow. Like, we know, because as United fans, we know he's a goal scorer. We know he's, he's very good with both his left and right, but we didn't realise that he really scored 15 or so. So the fact that he's added goals to his game, the fact that he's got um, the same amount of Premier League goals as certain box-to-box strikers. Um... um <laughs> um, that that makes that makes me uh, it makes me happy because he, he started off very young and the one thing I like is our fan base are not throwing too much pressure on him whereas others are you know the pressures now because he had like an Mbappe come through and score so many goals at such a young age the idea that you must hold once you you talk about player being 
like high potential, they must also be up here scoring this many goals. That's not how it works. Every player develops differently. And he's developing freely. He's playing on the right despite being a number, uh, a striker and he's playing it very well. So long may it continue. Um, obviously, we are probably trying to get Sancho. That depends if we get Champions League. If we do get him, I think it's good. I, I welcome some depth, for goodness sake. I welcome, I welcome serious competition. Like I, I said in me and Darren in United group chat, if you're going to challenge, you need forwards in every position. It's not time to be like, oh, we've got free working. So City can have any free working right now if they want to. They can say, you know what, Morris, Sterling and Aguero and we're done. But then they still got options to back it up anyway. You know they're going to replace Leroy Sane. That's the kind of mentality we need to have because all our best teams have had four strikers or like um, the main three, but then Berbatov was brought in as well. You know, you have to think that way to progress. So I'm gassed with them so far. The three is doing well. They're scoring goals. Um, I hope it continues because we need to be getting them um, more goals and more tallies for the season. And they've got I mean, busy behind them now. They are scoring goals, but does the fact that sometimes, I mean, obviously recent form where you scored, I think, five plus three games in a row, obviously like, I might be chatting nonsense here, but it seems to me whenever I see Martial, whenever I see Rashford, not so much Greenwood anyway, because he's, he's really he's, he's a really tidy finisher. But uh, they score all these fantastic goals. Martial yesterday was a great goal, fantastic, put it into the top bins. But Rashford gets the goal, but to get to, to what looked like a tapping was either, I think it was a save from, um, I forget the goalkeeper, Southampton's goalkeeper's McCarthy. name. McCarthy. Yeah. McCarthy, it seems like he, he hit straight at his foot. Uh, is that a problem where they can score these fantastic goals and he can get the numbers, but when it comes to putting away some of the simple chances, they're not exactly they're not exactly doing it. That was a a, a criticism of Master that Solskjaer had when he first came in. That he's not scoring enough penny books goals. He's not proficient enough in his finishing. And to all extent, Master has shown steps to improve that. Uh, you look at the Sheffield United goal. He scored the first one was very much a penalty box striker goal. Um, he scored a few goals in the six-yard box. Look at Chelsea goal at the start of the season. Um, I think Rashford has also had some uh, goals which are very much striker's finishes. Like the goal that was chalked off outside actually yesterday was, yeah. was very much a striker's finish. Uh, I think with the, with the with the previous game into account. McCarthy deserves his flowers. He does really well to to give Marshall no space for the one on one. He does exactly the same with with Rashford's chance later on in the game. Uh, sorry. Um, that being said, there was there was definitely um, some facts to that um, because you can argue Marshall could have gone round him. You could also argue that Rashford could have sorted it in the space. Um, the goalkeeper's near post. Um, and if that does happen, if we're talking about a completely different game, you're talking about all these free scoring reds once again, you know. Um, so, yeah, but this is the thing. You can also look at Marshall and Rashford and look at two strikers inside the woods that lost. Two years of a development, really. Two years of being thrown under the bus by, by managers past and pushed down the pecking order. Say his name, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll be at him. At him. Go on. Stop, don't beat around the bush. At hey. him. 
Look, well, you know who I'm talking about. Talking At him, about bro. Is that, is that, that guy there. Um, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, Jose Mourinho. There we go. And the thing is, like, with Jose Mourinho, I half understand because football is a short-term business. If you don't get a result in the short time, you don't keep your job. But it's the lack of foresight, really. With those two players playing at a high level, and reaching the top of the development quicker would have given him more capital, especially in my dad. This is talking about a team that's had um, consecutive youth team players in the 24-man squad and in the 18-man squad for well, since 1932 or something like that. Uh, 4,000 odd consecutive games of youth player either on the pitch or on the bench. So, given youth players' time at my dad would give you Social capital with fans, and I think Oligo um, Solskjaer realizes that, realized that from the jump. That's why Greenwood is in the starting eleven. Mm. That's why instead of going out and getting Usman Dembele, Usman Dembele, sorry, Musa Dembele, which we'll link to in January, we're like, right, we're going to give you that chance to be number nine. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I think the test for Rashford and Marshall comes next season uh, because people know they're good. People know they're really, really good footballers. But if you want to be number or playing number 11 and playing number nine for May 9, that consistency has to come. You can't do 15 plus goals this season and hit 12 plus next season. That can't run. It needs to be 15 plus or 20 plus. Marshall really should be hitting 20 plus next season if he's really about it. Because my dad want to be uh, league winning a uh, uh, European football inside, they need a striker to get 20 goals. Danny Ings mm. has got 19. He's not got as many goals as Danny Ings. Danny Ings is playing in a team with a lot less quality coming from behind him. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Vardy's got, Jimmy Vardy thinks he's the top goal scorer in the league. Yeah. Jimmy Vardy's a gun man. But this is, these are the people that, Marshall needs to be looking at as not peers but actual competitors because he needs to be in the in the running for the golden boot. If mm. he wants to if he wants to stay number nine by that, he needs to get goals at Bambi and Salah Vardy. So but with Marsh, with with Rashford, I think he he's more certain in my opinion. Because he the expectations for a wide forward is different. Ten plus goals for a wide forward is a good season. He's got fifteen, mm. and he's very, very creative. He does create a lot of chances himself. He's also got a set piece in him, which we've seen in the Chelsea game. Um, and he's a, he's two years younger than Marcel, um, so it's looking slightly better for Rashford. It's looking good for both, but it's looking slightly better for Rashford. Let's uh, let's go to your manager now. I mean, he's you can argue he's obviously. He, I think we have argued that he, previously that he hasn't been up to up to the task. Um, but this season, he's, he's he's everything seems to be clicking, going going into the right, going in going into clicking into place. Um, is it a case of giving him if he does get Champions League next year, giving him a, a, a go at it, or if he doesn't, or, or even if he does, try and get somebody. Of stature, of that. I mean, obviously, coach, you, you know who who we're talking about. Pochettino's there, so she's still I, available. 
is about getting point, that guy that's going to be certifiably challenging for titles, challenging for the European cha- uh, Cups and all that sort of jazz. At this point, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer manages to get my dad in the Champions League football, gets my dad to a Europa League final or a FA Cup final, he deserves exes at the very least. Irrespective of our views on him, whether he's really the right man long term for that, if he does that, from where my dad were pre lockdown, he deserves as much opportunity as anybody else. Um, and to be completely honest, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, whilst I've only really been a fan of, say, two of his last four signings, at least I can see what he's trying to do. I see what I see what he wants, and he's definitely a manager who's who's got made out his best interest at heart. <clears throat> like he isn't gonna make a signing for stupid money for somebody who can only really give him a year or two years of their of their best football. He isn't gonna do that, um, even though that might help him stay in the job. Um, he's also one thing that I think is really underrated about Solskjaer is. He knows exactly the type of players that don't, that can't and cannot keep playing for United. And you can tell that by the people that aren't in the 18 man squads, and you can tell that by the people that no longer play for United. Um, and even the people who you would think that Solskjaer has got a little bit of a preference to because he was there when there were the reserve coaches at Lingard, can't even see bench these days. Um, he's either starting or he's not in the squad so it tells me that only God social is saying these are one of your few chances left grab it or you're not going to see pitch mm. uh, Phil Jones hasn't seen pitch injury notwithstanding barely sees it anyway um, you look at how Sanchez is going look at how Ashley Young's going you look at how he made that quick decision in Lukaku like he does not do things by halves and I think you have to praise that Olga Solskjaer was not the person I think could take my night forward and I think the jury's still out but I think he's gone a long way to show that he deserves time um, and he needs his flowers for that yeah um, I think he's been slightly lucky um, because Despite us getting good results, which we have to give him credit for, um, also Leicester's downfall in, in forms, um, Chelsea's income, income, uh, Chelsea's complacency. That's what I'm gonna say. Um, you know, it all it all fell into it perfectly. You know, the, obviously the worrying thing for United fans was is obviously now you had the chance to go third and you dropped points, and it kind of feels reminiscent to last season where you had countless opportunities to go fourth and you didn't take it, um, but. It's still in their hands, you know, on paper, easier fixtures and obviously the last game against Leicester. If you keep up with them and if they keep winning, then you beat them, you climb into top four, that's done, simple. So, I, I would say he's slightly lucky, but yeah, I will, I will give him credit for what he is doing with the team and what he has done since he has got in bringing Bruno. Um, I don't know what made Woodward give him much control over transfers in that sense. You know, um, I mean, we've criticised Mourinho before so some of his signings, but when he finished second, he wanted some extra defenders to help De Gea, and he wasn't backed in that. So really, should have got them then as well to be honest, because that was probably as good as Wayne were ever going to do. 
Um, so he really should have got the extra help um, post that season. Exactly. And, you know, but regardless, he, he's managed to get these players out that, to be honest, a lot of the fans weren't out also. So fans can't really complain about that. Um, I've criticised game management a lot because I feel like some of his decisions, substitutes-wise, and the approaches to the game have been quite questionable. But we're still in a race for the top four quite comfortably. And if he does make Champions League, like Darren said, and if he has an FA Cup or Europa League, you know, even if even if he finishes fifth, but as the Europa League, that still gets him into the Champions League. So mm. it's still a trophy regardless. And that, that would warrant him getting another spot because apart from Pochettino, again, I mean, there are other managers that we can mention. Hustle Hall is a good manager, for example. Um, who's the guy that's trained AC Milan again? Um, Ralph. Oh, Ralph Ragnick. Ragnick is another one that's mentioned in the past about being a good manager. So there's there's always options out there, but if he achieves Champions League football and adds a trophy to it, he deserves he deserves another another year at the at the helm. And he's got the players working for him. I think um, Kel, you said it earlier to us that he's a great man manager. He knows how to. I did, but thank you for the credit. Uh, oh, okay, okay, so <laughs> then. Might be Darren. I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, uh, he's um he's got them working for him, one way or another, and they're playing for him one way or another. And you know, they act as if Pogba has never smiled in the last sixteen to eighteen months, but he's been smiling more than ever anyway. So I guess yeah. he's doing fantastically well with that as mm. well. So you know, um, I just hope he can continue. I hope he can get nine out of nine points for the rest of the season. And yeah, if he does get Champions League football and a trophy to add to that, then I have no cons whatsoever um, about it. And even on Pochettino, I still think he needs some time out from football anyway. I think he was drained. I think he's enjoying his time away. I think he just needs to relax, take it yeah. easy, regardless. Managers like him need to come back with, like, they need to be like, impatient to come back. You need mm. to start hearing him everywhere on the radio saying he wants jobs. Like, you know, when this is why I'm a bit surprised at how bad Tottenham have done because I thought when Jose comes back, oh my God, he's going to be a pain. Because Giozzi was desperate for a job. I think Pochettino needs to be that level of desperate for a job mm. because he can look back, really, he look back at his job at Tottenham now and think, well, hey, you know what? I got out at the right time. I did really well, considering. Nobody can chat to me. And he, he, he can continue looking at that until probably next season, until something else has happened, until he's no longer as fresh in the memory. And to go to Solskjaer, I think it's a little bit harsh to go at his in-game management where the team lacks so much depth. If oh, yeah. you play your best 11, you're looking at, from a from a position where we're behind or we need to consolidate the game, like yesterday, you're looking at players like McTominay, James Pereira to help you. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I get that. I, it's just... I think it's, it's quite harsh to then, like, well, we're in game management because if you look at his you look at his uh, record against the top teams, this season's been incredible. incredible. Oh, yeah, but but that's that's what I'm saying, though. That's what I was saying earlier about knowing your opponent a bit more because you kind of approach games the same way. Because I, I understand that we we didn't have the... the uh, Popper didn't have a Bruno next to him to also help dictate the midfield and maybe he wasn't sure about Greenwood coming in just yet. So Daniel James is playing a lot more. And to be fair, Daniel James started the season quite well anyway. I can't even I can't even hate on him for that. Like he actually started the season quite well. But you can see that he was slowly dropping and I'm not mad at him for that either because he came from Swansea. I didn't have big expectations for him anyway. So I didn't think, oh, 
this guy, you've started so well, we're like, why have you become like this now? Like, you've done all right for what we expected of you anyway, for being honest. But I feel like maybe some of his choices at times in selection and that just here and there were a bit, you know, but all in all, I'm not mad at the job he's done. I'm not mad at all. I'm quite, I'm quite glad actually that he's done quite well and he's, he's got the team working where he also, let's, let's try and get Champions League. And if we win Champions League, like I said, Chef Kojo in effect, I'm gonna cook for you, man. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna celebrate. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you, I mean, you, 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 it's not a celebration for Kill because you know them man over there. You know, it's kind of peak out North London right now. But join in anyway. You know, <laughs> you we're know, all yeah. friends here. All yeah, exactly, friends here. man. We've been friends a long time. Family, man. We're family, man. You know, we family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's start. Let's wrap up with a final question. Um, three major signings. Who would it be? Uh, Ooh, okay. and plus goalkeeper would you stick with the hair would you buy someone or would you go would you try out with uh, Dean Henderson alright for me for me this is really simple Henderson comes in um, three strikers uh, three signings sorry uh, Jaden Sancho from Dortmund obviously um, Denison Zachariah from Muschelgrad back and mm. probably Probably Alaba. Um, see if we could, see if we could um, get in for Bayern Munich. But those, those would be the three for me. Uh, yep, I'll bring Henderson in. I think the here needs some real, real competition now. Um, no more just cup goalkeepers forcing Romero to do that. We need someone to really challenge him. Um, if Sancho isn't to come, because apparently, let's just let's just put everything on the table. He's not coming if we don't make Chelsea football. Yeah, simple as that. So, in that in that case, I'll just put him to the side for this moment and say I'll go for Leon Bailey. Um, been a fan of him for a long time. Cheaper option as well. Yeah, cheaper than twenty. Far cheaper, far cheaper. Far cheaper. <laughs> yeah, and I've been a fan of him about for five times cheaper. Yeah, so I, I would more, I would be more than glad to see him at the club. Um, midfield, that puts Rashford in 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 a bit of hot water, though. Not not no, the no, right Bailey. side. Bailey, Bailey can play on the right. right. He can play on the right constantly. So no, no beef there. Um, and I also like the fact that it would make Greenwood also be that competition to Martial because he's actually serious competition. The guy can finish. He's cold. Mm. You know, he's got a big future at the club, so that will keep him on his toes. And I think Martial knows that. Um, we need a defensive midfielder. Uh, that you said Zachariah. Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, I haven't really thought about a defensive midfielder, so I'll follow you on that one because I haven't really. Um... Ruben Nevers, man. Uh, no, 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 listen, no, listen, no. Nevers, no. I'm going to say it now, I'm going to say it now, Nevers is, is overrated, he's been overplayed by, he's been outplayed, sorry, by John Montino beside him. Um, Understandable, he's, he's in the age difference. He's not the type of defensive midfielder that Manchester United need. Does mm. um, Zakarara is a more mobile Matic with a, with a better passing range. That's mm. the type of defensive midfielder that may not need. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not entirely sold on Ruben Neves, um, but that's just me. Yeah. No. No. I. I. I, I agree. I looked at him this season, and his passing. His passing is phenomenal. His ability to shoot from long range is phenomenal. But he's not defensively great. Mm. And uh, you, you know how I am. Like, if you're a defensive midfielder, you need to be good at your your primary job first and foremost before all the other talent comes into it. That's when we add you to the team. So, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for him. Not at this moment in time. Not, not to us at least see improvements in his um, overall game 
And um, yeah, I, I, I will stick with Darren from Zachariah because I haven't really thought about defensive midfielders like that. But Zachariah is a good player, and I wouldn't mind him at the club. Um, I think we need another centre back because I still don't trust um, Roblox. Um, so uh, <laughs> as for centre backs, really and truly, the only one I can think of is Diaz. I mean, I'm not even thinking about like um, our, our save or anything like that, but. Being genuinely serious, I've watched him at Benfica this season. This guy's been incredible, man. Solid defender. Damn good. Um, he looks like, like the type of defender that would fit right in at a Premier League club as well. Yeah. He's yeah. got that about him. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and to be honest, if I could have got a centre back, I would have, but I'm so damn sick of Luke Shaw. <laughs> I think, think Alabama is so quality. Uh, he gives you that versatility as well. He could mm. play defensive midfield. He could play centre back for buying for large waves of the season during um, Alfonso um, Davis's um, sort of resurgence. So, to be um, fair, fair I might have to back on Alabama then, because if you can play centre back, that means. At the times when we need him there, that can give someone like a Brandon Williams to play left wing back. Also, the fact that sometimes Solskjaer has switched to three at the um, three centre backs, yeah. two wing backs. Uh, it could it Premier could League and, and German League are vastly different in terms of the right. Man. They are. Let's, they are. Let's not they forget. Are. Let's not but, forget. Daily Blind was incredible at centre back for United. He was thanks. really really good at centre back for United. Incredible. Were, everybody was. Everybody was like, oh, but he's, he's not strong enough. He's not quick enough. IQ. But he was, right that season when Ray Knight came second, IQ. it was him and Bay at so back. And he was um, Yeah. So, no, Ake's? Yeah. Who? Ake? I mean, he, I, I would say that what his recent form is, has just dimmed his okay. light, man. Because it looked like, he looked like when um, Solskjaer was speaking to him, he said, uh, we need a left foot centre back. <laughs> and I think he's a good option. I do think he's a good option, but you know bloody hell, and his recent form been poor. I think okay. I'm not. Ake is good at stuff that Maguire is good at, right? Which makes Ake look like a good fit. But at the same sure. time, this is a team that wants to be playing Champions League football. I don't think Ake does well with Champions League football. I yeah. think Ake gets burned. I've already worried enough about Maguire if we get to Champions League football. He's captain and um, 80 odd million set back, even though that's not his fault, as I previously said. Mm. I've got worries about him at the top of the world. Ake? Ake isn't good enough at the things Maguire is bad at for me to think he's the guy. Um, I think it's a step too far. I think Spurs is, is, is a good shout for Ake. I think he's a level just below Ooh. the Champions League. I'm not going to add to that. Well, that's too much shots fired. I, I, I don't that's hear not that. Shot, that's not shots. That's, 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 that's where they are that's right now, to be honest. Pies, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where they are right now, to be honest. They need an upgrade because their defence right now across the board is shocking. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I mean, I've never ever really be convinced by Ake anyway. So me personally, that would be a no-go. So I wouldn't even go even near, anywhere near him. Um, not even for a backup. Um, simple as that for me. Um, yeah, I, I'll go Diaz or Alaba. Diaz because if I if I'm being if I'm being kind to Shaw, then he can stay there as a number two to Brandon Williams. I feel like that that that, that has to change from now. To be completely honest, um, but apart from that, 
yeah, Alaba would be a perfect fit. A left back that can also play centre back comfortably, a defensive midfielder comfortably. Like it, it looks like a perfect uh, purchase. But yeah, no case for me. No way. No way. All right, let's uh, let's end it there. So I would say, Darren, where can they find you? I don't. You don't want followers on you, not that do you? No, leave me alone to rant about football and socialism. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> that, that was the guy that said that Jared screws, um, was the head of the screws, Jared's name, and then he did a shot for 25 years. <laughs> listen, listen, I, I, if you're going to butcher my one viral moment on the internet. <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm putting it here now. He must have sold that, and you're the reason why Liverpool are so good right now. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the only reason. Um, a coach, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us now on YouTube, um, Snap, yeah, Snapchat. Snapchat, no, they can't. Uh, let's start that again. Ooh, okay, yeah, they you can find us on Spotify, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. This has been another episode of Premium Podcast. Good night.